Welcome to Forrest Gump Minute, your weekly podcast where we talk about the movie Forrest Gump four minutes at a time. I'm your co-host Rob, joined as always my good friends Joe and Duff. Hey everybody. Get that shrimp. (laughs) So guys, we're doing it. First episode, we are starting about, like I said, the first four minutes of Forrest Gump. Uh, the first four minutes begins with the Paramount Pictures opening logo and ends with Forrest complimenting a woman on her shoes. I'm at the bus stop, avoiding eye contact, ready to participate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, one thing we should probably say for housekeeping is, as uh, we talked about off air, my editing job might not have been the best. <laughs> on editing these up so some of these are like a little over four minutes some are a little less than four minutes but it'll all work out in the end there's some random clips from big Um, (laughs) 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 little joe little joe versus a volcano spliced in at one point Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah well you know (laughs) So Forrest, Gump if, gets, Forrest Gump gets AIDS for about 12 uh, minutes oh. in, the, in the middle of the stuff you sent us. I don't really understand that either. He's trapped yeah, on an island Forrest now. I didn't, I didn't yeah, remember Forrest that. Yeah, Forrest goes to Philadelphia. Oh. So if you're unfamiliar with what happens, uh, not sure what to tell you. Yes. Um, but we'll, you know, now you know. So it starts with the Paramount logo. So I was wondering, do you guys know what the top movie was the week before Forrest Gump debuted? When uh, what time, was this a summer movie or summer a, of ninety four? Uh, yeah. I'll guess Lion King. Bingo, that is right. Ah, Duff, god dang it! I just Lion I just King. knew that like that was the other really big movie that year, and it came out in summer. What's interesting about ninety four is there was a lot of big movies that year. So obviously, Forrest Gump was a massive hit, but it kept losing the number one position to other movies. So it came out and knocked uh, Lion King off the top, and then. It kept losing it and then retaking it and then losing it. So movies that knocked Forrest Gump off include True Lies. Okay. The Mask. (laughs) (laughs) Clear and Present Danger. A uh, Duff favorite, Oliver Stone's Natural Born Killers. Oh, man. That was a number one? Yeah. Wow. And do you know what movie finally knocked Forrest Gump off of number one? Was Was it your boy Speed? No, uh, it was Time Cop. Ooh. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> well, so, um, and, and Roundhouse like, Kick from Jean Claude. <laughs> and overall, like '94 is sort of a sneaky great year for movies. You have Forrest Gump, you have The Lion King, you have Pulp Fiction, you have Speed, you have Dumb and Dumber. Maybe it's just because I was 11 when all those came out, but those all were very meaningful. Uh, to me. You also have Shawshank. Shawshank, yeah. And uh, I haven't seen it in a long time. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. I seem to remember that quiz show is quite good. Yeah, I remember quiz show being good. Yeah. So we jump into the beginning of this movie. And I'm going to suggest that we maybe should talk about this beginning as one of the best beginnings to a movie. Am I too bold on that? It's, I was going to say, it's sneakily impressive. It's, like it's something I've never thought about, mm-hmm. and I th- this goes back to my feelings on Zemeckis, but also I think I've talked about this in one of our 800 podcasts, uh, 
about how certain directors get pigeonholed and therefore don't get the auteur treatment. And I think that Zemeckis is in there because he's visually, even if the story sometimes is bad, just amazing with visuals. I I think it's, it's good, but it's not even the best that he's done for an opening because the opening shot of back to the future is definitely better. That one too. That one's amazing. The economy of the storytelling in it is impressive, but, but this one's cool too. I would argue this. So uh, in our four minutes that we talk about, we see two shots. That's it. It camera cuts one time in these two minutes, in these four minutes. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, that's, that's pretty a, economical too. Well, it's a, it's a two minute, 30 second shot of the feather. Okay. Yep. Until the, there's a cut bus. when the bus goes by. Yes. And for any new listeners that found us because of Forrest Gump fans, uh, Duff mentioned doing 800 podcasts before. He's not that far off. We previously did Titanic Minute. Uh, Joe and I did Tombstone Minute. We have another show called Free Podcast that we do. So lots and lots, lots of movies and podcasts. But uh, Zemeckis, he's flexing here. This, this, We got this crane shot. We got this feather. Did, did the feather come from a bird? Is that a dumb question? <laughs> uh, well, I, I looked into what? the feather. What do you <laughs> mean? Like, where else would it come from? Well, do birds lose their feathers when they're flying? They molt. Well, what do you mean? But do you I think thought, they like, just are born with their feathers and they keep the same ones forever? But I thought when they molt, they have to like not fly for a while until they get what? new feathers. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's some birds that they molt and then they gotta like <laughs> wait for the I new lo- feathers. Man, we are what five well, snakes minutes? Snakes don't lose. <laughs> We are five minutes into this podcast, and you've already landed a grade A Rob take. Hey, hey, Paul the Eagle, why'd you fall? One of my feathers fell out. Well, they need feathers for flying, right? Not all of them. Well, I don't know. Rob, like, snakes do you... don't lose a quarter of their skin. They lose all the skin at but, once. Uh, <laughs> They're just bald birds walking, hiding under rocks. It's, it's. I would say it's more akin to when you, how you're constantly shedding skin. Like I'm you, not. You don't have to just stop. <laughs> nope, same just, skin I've always had. You don't have to stop. You're like, oh, I gotta be motionless. <laughs> Rob has never itched his skin. Nope. A lot of people nope. don't know that about. It. I would guess. I would guess it's from a bird. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but the it's actually expert. it's a CGI feather. Yeah, uh, yeah, real feather. Except for when it hits the, they taped a feather to Tom Hanks' shoe, so that feather is real. We also see uh, with we see we see che- uh, the famous Chekhov's Nike shoes. <laughs> oh, we have a lot of Chekhov's things here. We have Chekhov's yeah. ping pong paddle, Bubba Gump hat, mm-hmm. and uh, Curious George. By the way, have you guys read Curious George recently? No, he's not. A, he's a naughty monkey. He's a naughty monkey. But there's some where he like there's one where he just gets into a bunch of like there's some wild stuff in the uh, in the original books where he gets into his own he gets into his owner's coke stash. (laughs) I remember that goes to the Jersey uh, Shore. He He takes ether. He goes to space and he gets high on ether. Are the two I remember? Yeah, he gets high on ether at one point, like uh, like blue velvet. uh, I'll say this: Heineken. One one hijink. That's a bad monkey. To, to whatever hijinks there are in those, how many books there are. Yeah. Man with the yellow hat, you got to do a better job. 
Matt at the Yellow Hat is a terrible guardian. Yeah. He always this? loses a monkey. He he constantly just leaves this monkey at home alone. There uh, is this. Monkeys shouldn't be pets. Monkeys should not be pets. And if you have a monkey, you should have someone watching it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you should. There's like, Wasn't there a big thing where like the man with the yellow hat is a big banana? Is that a thing? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Like, because he's always wearing yellow. It's just George's giant banana. And he's like... <laughs> Go on. Okay, continue. That's as far as hold I know. On, is... Hold on. Let me turn the lamp off. Okay, <laughs> go on. Is, is this why Curious George is just free to do whatever he wants? Yeah, because he's just kind of imagining it because he threw his, his monkey. His, his he's high on ether as well. well he's the, the man with the yellow hat is just a big game hunter like the Trump boys. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Uh, okay. Oh, where are we? Briefcase. Yes. Uh, so here's a question for you guys. More of a suitcase, let's be fair. Suitcase. It's a tattered old suitcase. If you yeah, had it's pretty a big. suitcase and you opened it up and it had items from your life, what would be in it? My podcast, <laughs> Mike. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've done a lot of running in my life, so I'd be wearing those running shoes too. Okay. All right. That's still, it still continues to be an important part of my life. You would be, Joe, you're a teacher. There'd be like a chalkboard and some chalk in there. I've never even used <laughs> he's, that. He's a teacher in the 1830s. <laughs> <laughs> he teaches grades 1 through 12 in the old schoolhouse. Yeah. <laughs> Duff would have a uh, Facebook sticker. Yes. He and loves a key- to post. Uh, a keyboard. Yes. And a keyboard. Just a keyboard. I bring this keyboard everywhere. It's my only <laughs> keyboard I use. Uh, I would have my reading glasses and my SSRIs. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I, without either of them, I get headaches. And what movie would Duff have? Back to the Future? That's a solid guess. Yeah, or Psycho. Psycho actually better. Psycho and an Ed Gein book. <laughs> <laughs> and this, his briefcase would be made of uh, some old lady's This skin. suitcase will get me flagged at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> for two different reasons. Robs will have Crocs. <laughs> yeah, for comfort. Yeah. yeah, I'd have those. Yep. Um All right. So, uh uh we got this briefcase. I you know what? I will say I watched this movie a lot of times. It wasn't until watching it 4 minutes at a time, the right way to watch a movie, obviously. Uh cuz yep. it's four The way normal people do. Is that there's all this stuff in that briefcase that points out what we'll see later yeah a little foreshadowing Um, we also uh have uh on the bus there's an ad for a car guys that i had i'll be honest never heard of before thought it was fake looked it up you know we're car guys the three of us oh total total well that's our our third project is a revival of car talk yeah um the bus has an ad for a 1981 chevrolet citation you ever heard that of that seems car? like a terrible name for a car. Yeah. It's a footnote, yeah. really. P- people people love cars with legalese names. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to think about a traffic ticket when I'm walking into yeah. my car. Uh, the Citation was a successor for the Chevy Nova. It was around from 1980 to 85, and it was succeeded by the Chevy Beretta and the Chevy Corsica. Two cars. Beretta. I've heard of now all the-, the cars around it, just not the Chevy Citation. Beretta, that, now that's a name for a car yeah, or a gun. That is, that yep. is, or just like an alias. That's what I'm going to name my son. <laughs> Beretta. 
Yep. <laughs> Beretta Favre. <laughs> uh, so I was learning because uh, I, I deep dived did a little research on the Chevy Citation it was named Motor Trend Car of the Year but it was criticized because it turns out Joe I know this is going to shock you turns out GM had lent out modified versions of the car for review which were different and not nearly as good as the production versions come on what yeah <laughs> uh, here, okay so back to the movie <laughs> Uh, have you guys ever been to Savannah, Georgia? I'd love I, to, but no. I want to. I... It's very close to the top. It's definitely my top 10 U.S. Oh, destination. Uh, top five I, for me. About five or six years ago, I read Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil for a book club, and I started looking into Savannah. And yeah, it's just everything about it seems really interesting. They have tons of ghost tours. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it really is a Midnight Boys approved destination because we get a lot of our obsessions uh, in there. Fun fact that I'm guessing Joe might have known, but uh, Savannah uh, was basically the target of Sherman's March to the Sea yeah, during they the talked Civil him War. Out, they, they talked him out of it. Uh, yeah, they basically the whole thing was targeting Savannah. It was the sixth most populous city, and Savannah saw him coming and surrendered, and smartly because they were not burned like everything yeah. there is original or as original can be yeah we, uh, it's pretty stunning to go uh to you know you go through broad swaths of georgia and it's just so new looking like atlanta in particular yeah because so few buildings i mean they literally burned that city to the ground yep so what yes. we should do is once we finish this project we should have our rap party in savannah georgia oh, yeah and call okay. it Midnight Boys in the Garden of Good and Evil. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm into it, actually. <laughs> Absolutely. I, yeah. Uh, so the lesson we there... Should go to, the, we should go to a haunted hotel room and record a podcast in there. Yeah! <laughs> so uh, the lesson from Savannah is, if you know you're licked, just give up. There's no yeah. shame. Sure. Um, okay. So we have... A uh, couple. We, we have Forrest introducing himself to uh, to his bus stop friend, <laughs> to a lady that just wants yet. to be left alone. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going through this movie again four minutes at a time. Yeah. Wait, you're trying, to watch it, and I'm trying to Forrest. I'm trying to doing my best to put myself in the, from the perspective of someone who hasn't seen it. I've probably seen this movie at least ten times in my life, but not in a long time. At this point, this this is a horror film. <laughs> Because there's nothing more horrifying than being in a public transit situation, minding your own business. She's literally reading and having a stranger start she's, talking to she's you. She's reading her People magazine mm-hmm. and this crazy guy with... He's not crazy. Let's First of all, he's wearing a seersucker suit with battered tennis shoes. That's, our, that's strike Would one. Would you be hoping that guy talks to you if you're sitting on a bus well, stop bench? Well, so... It's easier now because headphones are are a big, you know, for us, for, for the introverts of the world, headphones have really been a game changer. She would have had to have one of them fancy new Walkmans from Sony. Yep. Uh, which, well, this is like 1981, so like they're yeah. brand new at that point. They would be very expensive. Um, but um, yeah. looking at this through what we know now and even in a post-Me Too lens, uh, Forrest leave that lady alone <laughs> so i would talk to forrest what i wouldn't do is take chocolate from a stranger uh number one 
you are Forrest. Wow. <laughs> 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 oh. But yes, it's generally not a good idea to take food from strangers. Is People Magazine still around? Uh, I see it at the grocery store, so I'll say okay. yes. So it's still going. Uh, in fact, I we were waiting in line at the grocery store, and I was just looking at the magazines, and uh, it was about this week is about how Adele is finding happiness again after breaking up her marriage. I didn't know that happened. I will. I'm willing to bet that who is on the cover of People is something that isn't a a briefing for President Trump. Mm. Like that. That is something <laughs> he true. keeps track of. Yeah. Now that Adele's divorced, is she rolling in the D? Mm. If you, <laughs> I wish uh-huh. I could do this podcast with someone like you, but not you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that one was funny. Uh, <laughs> but to, I do think that, yes, because our president is eternally stuck in 1987, he thinks that People Magazine is the barometer of the zeitgeist. Well, I mean, he's just a media gossip deep down. And yeah. and you know there would be some great tweets about it, if about Adele's marriage falling apart if he wasn't president anymore. Okay, so let's, t- let's go back to bus stop etiquette. Bus stop etiquette. I ride the bus. You guys, public transportation people. I I don't ride it often, but I I enjoy it very much when I do. Okay. Uh, I used to, and I miss it actually. I'm not on the bus line anymore. Yeah. But right. I used to be just a straight shot downtown, and it was great. Never had to worry about driving and Minnesota weather. Uh, mm-hmm. Could catch a little more sleep on the bus. You uh, slept on the bus? Oh yeah. One time I accidentally uh, overslept and missed my stop. That's how you like get fondled. Getting close to crossing the river. <laughs> yeah, I'm no one wants that. to fondle us, Rob. <laughs> uh, so I think I, I would take it to work once in a while, but it's just it, too many transfers, and I'd have to wake up way too early. But when I go uh, downtown, um, it's just straight shot up a street, so it, it's very convenient and awesome. Go I, bus. I utilize the uh, the light rail. Thank you, Jesse Ventura. Mm, okay. All right. All right. So public transportation. You use it. All right. So bus. Bus stop etiquette. I also use the bus quite a bit. So do you, I would assume you run into the same people there all the time. Yeah, I, I don't stop. say a word to them. <laughs> so what, uh, how do, okay, so in, in the commons, right, there's these certain situations where you run into the same people all the time and you feel obligated to say hello, right? Mm-hmm. And yep. then there's these other certain areas in the commons where it just the very notion of acknowledging the fact that you spend every morning w- with this person five days a week is absurd. It's called Weird. marriage. For yeah, a podcast. <laughs> but it just like, you know, it, like in Chicago on the L train platform or just in your standard big city bus stop, it, it just the very notion. I. I drive by a, a well-populated bus stop on my way to work every day. No one's ever there's a red usually a red light there when I get there. No one's ever talking to each other. Yeah, uh, it's just sort of strange how there's these certain public spaces where the the, the, the no talking forest. Shut your mouth. It's bizarre, you know. But I mean, I, I think I that's find, I find that fascinating. I don't. Th- I'm saying it's wrong. I'm just yeah. saying it's interesting. I think it's an important thing for him because you're right. Most people would just sit quietly at this bus stop, but Forrest is Forrest, right? And he's yeah. Well, then bit, there wouldn't be a movie. So yeah, he's a, <laughs> he's a little bit off, right? So he he would just be like, hey, 
hey, would, would you like some chocolate? Look at those shoes. My mom told me you can tell a lot from what someone's shoes are. Um, he does say the line, arguably the most famous line in this movie. Life is it. like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. So I was going to say the box of chocolates line has always not made the most sense to me because I mean I get what it's supposed to mean but you know you're getting chocolate of some type also you could just look at the other side of the lid it tells you yeah that too <laughs> like it's not it's not an unanswerable question it's I mean it's not like it's gonna be like oh it's it's a cucumber <laughs> you're now you're get- maybe to be fair maybe in 1981 before we had like such concern over other allergies, maybe they didn't say. Back, back before everything was so PC and namby pamby. You mean? Yeah, before we con- were concerned about the health of others, stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, at least this line. We're gonna get to other lines, and we at least this line makes sense, right? Like, I get what he's saying. I, Box yeah. of chocolates. You could pick one. You're not sure what it's gonna be until you bite into it, and that's sort of like forced, right? You sort of. He's sort of like the feather. He's just kind of floating along the currents of life. Much like sometimes you go to the bus stop and there'll be a weirdo talking to you and offering you chocolate. So I'm going to ask these two questions to you guys. Would you listen to him or respond or would you do what she's doing and, and essentially totally ignore him? Uh, I would talk to him. Yeah. I, I would so too. I have, I would talk to him and I have kind of a relevant story. Uh, in college once I went home for a weekend and this was before I had a car on campus so I had to take the Greyhound which is an experience in itself Mm -hmm. but one time and so from Minneapolis to Madison it ends up being like a six maybe even seven hour ride with all the stops and whatnot Uh, probably closer to six but I sat next to a guy and he started drumming up conversation and he was very easy to talk to and I wish that I could remember more details like I but the things I remember is number one he read my palm Uh, (laughs) number two so he touched you let him touch your hand I I probably at like hour three or four of the ride I'm like whatever just (laughs) but the number two is that he was Again, he could have said anything, but he claimed that he was a professional chef and he claimed or said, I I mean, I don't have any reason to doubt him. He said that he was LL Cool J's professional chef in Las Vegas. (laughs) Okay. Taking the Greyhound. Yeah. And he, so he read my palm and it's, it's kind of like the who's the crossing over guy who's a giant grifter it's kind of like that thing where he already knew that like i was a college kid and on my way back to madison so he made a couple inferences and he's like oh you're i can tell that you're gonna be successful at this or blah 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 and And he was way off he yeah (laughs) so i again i wish i remembered more specifics but it was a very forrest gump-esque encounter and i think about that guy every now and again and i wonder like I wonder, number one, was that guy actually LL Cool J's personal chef? No. No, he wasn't. 
There's absolutely no way. So, he was LL Cool J's It's a weird. So what year was this? This would have been like 2004 ish. 2003, 2004, let's say. He one time worked in Vegas, and LL Cool J was staying in that same resort. That's the story. <laughs> I, okay. Yeah, Rob's right. Uh, yep. I, I guarantee that that guy, he was probably like going to Milwaukee, and I got off in Madison. Like The next person who got on it was chained to his radiator later on in the week. <laughs> Let me read your palm. Are those handcuffs? Yeah. I just know. <laughs> Are you a size 14? <laughs> oh, the Buffalo Bill voice is bad. Sometimes, sometimes weirdos are entertaining. Sometimes they're scary. Yeah. Would you? Okay, so I think we all have the right answer to this. Would you take a chocolate from him? No. No. Absolutely uh, no, not. No. I, I'm, that's one of my superpowers is turning down desserts anyways. So I love desserts, but I actually don't <laughs> like chocolate that much. But I am like very weird about accepting favors from someone. Um, I I had you a don't neighbor. like to be in someone's debt. Yeah, exactly. I had a neighbor, a really nice neighbor, and I was raking the yard one time, and he was like, "Hey, I got a leaf blower. Do you want to just use a leaf blower?" And I was like, "No, no, 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 no. That's okay. I, I don't want to." He's like, "You sure? Just bring it over here, and you can just leaf blow all these." Like, no, no. I got it because I was like, if I if I if I use his leaf blower, then I'm gonna have to like watch their dogs or something. No, I just don't want to do it. Wow, quite a leap. I just don't want to. I just don't want to all of a sudden be like, well, now I have to do this person yeah, favor. Yeah, you'd have to be neighborly. I don't want to watch someone's dogs. I, why That's did you, insane. Why did you jump immediately to watch the dogs? Like, he maybe he just maybe he just wants some eggs from your chickens or something. Just pre-chickens. Well, whatever. Pre the existence oh, he... of chickens in my backyard. <laughs> yeah, but if, if the turnaround was he wanted to borrow one of your tools, you wouldn't care at all. What yeah. tools do I have? Well, that's that, but that's the reciprocation level of that. You don't think it would be like, oh, hey, we're going to be gone. Could you just like no! check on our dogs? That, you jumped from, <laughs> no. You jumped from like, oh, here's a random thing I own. You can use it to, I'm going to entrust you with my pets. That was a big leap. I can't believe you haven't put a moat around your house yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do a. Uh, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna project it out. So it's just projection of a moat. I'm gonna call it an emote. <clears throat> Jesus Christ! Uh, this is go- not working out. Going going back to the would you take the chocolate thing? A- yeah. As as any good child raised in the stranger danger era yes absolutely never 80s kids no (laughs) real 80 kids no don't take that real 80s kids know that the way you're gonna get kidnapped is some dude's gonna come up and give you candy and then you wake up chained to a radiator is that that homemade candy is that a is that a popcorn ball probably a needle in it probably a needle in it probably a razor blade duff and i grew up in the shadow of jacob wetterling's uh, disappearance, which was a uh, child who was a few years older than us who disappeared in the Minnesota area. Who, to be fair, was the actual needle in the haystack exception, whereas just some weird rando yeah, saw a kid. Him. But, but that, I mean, I, I know we've talked about this before. Our parents used Jacob Wetterling as an example all the time of why we should never do anything wrong. Yeah, you did know. It make you, did that story make you Wetterling the bed? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Don't you jeez me after what you've subjected us to this episode. <laughs> yeah, you know how 
like you know how around Christmas parents will just use Santa's watching you as a reason for <laughs> yep. to get your kids to do anything. That, <laughs> that weird drifter that took Jacob Wetterling yeah, is gonna that, watch yep. you. Every Minnesota Wisconsin parent in the late 1980s had like, oh well, if you break the rules, you might get picked up like that Jacob Wetterling. <laughs> that boy. doesn't make yeah. any sense. Yeah, you would. They would. They would hire the shady cousin to drive by with a van and chase <laughs> like, you, like like the Arrested <laughs> Development guy with one arm. Yes. Yes. Yep. No, I'm I'm dead serious. So this is a true thing. Jacob Wetterling was, bless. I mean, all all. I mean, it's an absolute tragedy. What happened to him? <laughs> Important caveat. <laughs> Important caveat. But he was used as just the biggest fear mongering for us growing up. There were friggin' billboards with his picture on it everywhere. We should oh, do yeah. a special Tales from the Bus Stop episode just about Jacob Wetterling. Oh. Bring in an expert. I, I'll Ooh, try. What expert? Just a journalist from the time. We can email. Oh uh, yeah, we'll use our connections. This from the Spooner Advocate. Uh, let me let, let me call up Patty Waterling. Oh, that's not what I mean. <laughs> Come on, we have a uh, lot of Midwestern listeners that would enjoy that deep dive. Yeah, yes, the Jacob Waterling story. Um, <laughs> but yes, right. uh, Forrest. Uh, this is probably like pre-Stranger Danger, so he could get away with it. But like five years later, man. He would not be able to offer candy to anyone at a bus stop, child or adult. No, absolutely not. Cops would be on that, dude. Um, you know what? <laughs> Here's a take. <laughs> Boxes of chocolates? Don't need them. Get rid of that. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you. Have you ever, like, I mean, come on. It's, you know Just what? Just give me, give me a bag of M&Ms. Here, here's my take. Same exact candy that's in, like, Snickers, but they charge you, like, five times as much. Big candy, like okay, so it's just a bigger box, fewer, f- fewer actual ounces of candy. Give me a Hershey's bar, probably more chocolate it, than one of those. It's just a bunch of fun size candies with a bunch of wrapping. Don't need it. What kind of food product with the you never know what you're going to get pitch has ever would ever work? Why do we allow these chocolate companies to foist this upon us on Valentine's Day? Yeah. Why does Forrest have? Why does Forrest have a box of chocolates? That's a good. That's cut. well. That's the craziest Jenny. thing about this scene is why so, is he carrying no, that around? He's giving it to Jenny. He's gonna go meet Jenny. Why is he eating Jenny? it now? Uh, oh yeah, he's like I he's, ate some. Yeah, he gives him the Jenny because he has no willpower. He does have a lot of willpower though. Now with the chocolates, he waits well, a long time for her. But okay, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yes. Um, All right. Here's, so here's there's some, some, th- here's there's some half-eaten, half-melted chocolates, Jenny. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I have, I do have a production note on this, which I found okay. fascinating. Okay. So they, they filmed this about two-thirds, three-quarters of the way through the shoot. This is in Savannah, Georgia. And instead of just, like, filming the sequences where uh, Forrest is, you know, when we see him talking to a different bus stop friend. They actually filmed him doing the entire narration for this film there on location. So it's not voiceover work done in a studio. All the narration for this film is Tom Hanks sitting on a bench in Savannah, Georgia, performing it. Which I find fascinating. Hmm. And actually, pretty smart too, because that gives you—I uh, mean, quite frankly—gives you a lot of, 
you know, when you're building this movie, it gives you a lot of uh, coverage to cut back to this whenever you need to. Yeah, that is true. Telling the story. But yeah, they spent three days of him just like they had these huge cue cards and he was just like, you know, reading outfit and they did it later in the shoot. So he was most comfortable with the forest character, which there's a lot I think we're going to say about this as we move through this movie. But this movie could be very, very bad. And it's not. And a big reason is because Tom Hanks pulls off a very difficult performance. Well. We haven't we're not, we haven't come to a consensus about that claim yet about so okay. I, movie, I, but. I'm I'll hold off. I'm not going to agree or disagree about whether the movie's good or bad. Oh, so same. I think I'm not making but, a judgment. But I but I will say the entire thing falls apart without Tom Hanks. Absolutely. Well, this is my favorite thing to think about while I watch this movie. This would be one of the most. I guess we might as well throw this out here right away in episode one, and I'm pretty sure I didn't say it in the preview episode. Forgive me if I did. Forgive me. If, if the original casting choice would have been picked for this role, this would be one of the most reviled films of all time. One of the most catastrophic calamities ever. <laughs> I love you use the term calamity. If Chevy Chase was playing <laughs> Forrest Gump, would this? I honestly think this would be the biggest... Failure oh, yeah. in cinematic history. It, it would be up or there. John Travolta. I I honestly think it would not have been released. It would be up there with like Ishtar and uh, Jerry the, Lee the, Lewis's clown the, movie. the clown movie. Yeah. Jerry Lee Lewis, <laughs> <laughs> the killer. Jerry Lee. <laughs> I agree. That wouldn't be good. Rob. Yeah. <laughs> no, Jerry Lewis. I know, yeah, but yeah. that's what you said. You said Jerry. I said Jerry Lee Lewis. Oh, that's, yeah. that's, that's, Jerry, that's Jerry. Wait, 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 wait. They're different people. Are you kidding? No. Are, are you effing serious? <laughs> no, I'm not. I was, are I you? Was the same. You are. You are. I'm gonna die. You are trolling us right Come now. Come on. No, I'm this you, is the most insane thing you've ever said. Are you telling Jerry <laughs> Great Balls of Fire Jerry Lee Lewis? It's different from the King of Comedy Jerry Lewis. Yes. <laughs> you did it. Jesus. The Great Balls of Fire guy was not the nutty professor. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Jerry Lee Lewis, the guy who married his 13-year-old cousin, <laughs> is, is not the same guy who does the Labor Day telethon. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Oh. This might have been a blind. <laughs> you didn't blind. know that? In the Top Gun scene, when he sings that song, you just thought, like, oh, he must love those silly comedies of Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs> I just thought he was, a, you know, a variety guy that could do all sorts oh. of things. I cannot believe this. Uh, this tops your Tom Selleck as Indiana Jones take as the most ridiculous take. I don't even know. It's this not even a take. It's just. It's, it's just an ignorance. Uh, just massive, <laughs> unforgivable just, cultural ignorance. How could you possibly think Jerry Lee Lewis and Jerry Lewis are the same person? Because they have the same name and they're around <laughs> the same age. They they might be the same. They age. might roughly be the same age, <laughs> but they sound they sound and look and have done nothing alike. 
<laughs> Except, well, maybe Jerry Lewis possibly murdered a woman, but. <laughs> oh, all right. Man. Wow. To anyone who's just listening for the first time, <laughs> this is as good as it gets. This is an A. This is a friggin' A plus Rob admission. We are going to get so much backlash for this. It's oh. got to be on purpose stuff that he just says things no, like that. I'm, I'm, I'm still not convinced that he's not trolling. <laughs> Do we what? have anything else? Uh, we I, don't, I, I don't know I, what I, else to say. God. How did we get to that? All right. Well, he, do we he, at least agree that if Chevy Chase would have gotten this role, yes. like, which they did yes. offer to him, yes. and he it turned would, it down, it, correct? It, Terrible. Can you Number one, can you imagine Chevy Chase doing a southern accent? <sighs> and and he would have just been winking the entire time, yeah, mugging and just yep. Oh, yep. I can't even. I really cannot wrap my head around a worse, worse idea. Um, the only other thing I was gonna say is, uh, you guys like the feather theme? Wait, the, oh, the music? Yeah. Oh, oh, I really like it. I I love yeah, it, dude. It's I, nice. I was, I was going to say we talked in the in the teaser about I forgot to mention this. We talked about the teaser like revisiting this movie and and Duffy made some really good points about you know the issues this movie may have. You turn this movie on and and that music plays and that feather floats down and Tom Hanks like being Forrest Gump, like all 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 my all my cynicism just went away and I was and, all in. Uh... It is, and it's interesting because if you listen to the music on its own, you you're, you start to think, oh, it's a little saccharine, but you're right. When you pair it with the movie, it's it's a perfect match. Like, mm-hmm. it's, yeah. it It's the anchor needed because so much of this movie is using, you know, we'll talk about the however many songs, stings there are through this movie. But that is like the one anchor point is that feather theme and like the important points this movie. It works. I think it works really well. Yeah. I mean, Alan Silvestri is, I don't know if he's like one of the greats, but he's done several great scores. Uh, Most famous, probably Back to the Future, but the most recent example is probably, uh, I think he's done the Avengers theme. Okay. With a thousand other things in there. <laughs> Pretty much every Robert Zemeckis movie. Predator, I believe. Yeah. Mm. Uh, do you guys have anything else to talk about for these first four minutes? No, you gave me a confession. <laughs> we should just <laughs> shut the podcast down because I don't know how it gets better. <laughs> that was absolutely crazy. Um, listeners, if you would like to follow us. <laughs> Why would you? Honestly. If you go to ForrestGumpMinute.com, you can find out a bunch more information. We are on social media at Gump Minute on Twitter and on and on Facebook, right, Dov? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, if Gump, you Gump sh- Minute on Twitter or Facebook. Yeah, Gump Minute on Twitter and Facebook. If you would like, if you would like to uh, talk about other listeners, about what you've just heard. And interact with Duff and I, you can go to forcegumpminute.com slash chocolates. You can join the listeners group Box of Chocolates where people are going to be talking about this. And 
I don't know why you would do this after what just happened, but if you want more from us or you want to support us, you can go to Patreon at patreon.com slash the midnight boys and uh, find different ways to support. You just gave us. away, you just gave away the cow. Like, I, <laughs> you just gave away the good content in episode one. And uh, we will be back next week with another episode of Forrest Gump Minute. Happy the days while I'm ending the nets Till once more they ride high out to sea